At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Visa. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. And hello, I got a lot of bets that I have placed that I'm going to tell you about about the local teams. One with the Nuggets, one with the Avalanche. It's actually a single game parlay. And then I got a Rockies bet as well. This is going to be a fun, fun Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, the Nuggets not play until this weekend. I'll also talk about the AFC West with the AFC West report later in the show as the Raiders locked up Derek Carr for three more years. So they have their quarterback. He took a little less money to stay. And last but not least, Dev Johnson. Duvalier Johnson from the DNVR is going to join me right after the front range four to give us his thoughts on the nuggets and the warriors from a betting side, but let's do this front range four, four biggest stories in sports on the front range. We're going to start with the nuggets and warriors. This is still the biggest story in town. In my estimation, there is a big line move going on here. Uh, not huge yet, but a big line move nuggets, warriors, nuggets opened as four and a half point dogs. Now they're getting six points plus six. And I think a lot of that has to do with Steph Curry. I think the number is kind of baked in there. Will we see this number go to six and a half, seven? It's it's possible. It is possible that this number still goes up. But, but I think there's a better bet to get in right now. Anyways, the rest of the line. So we got the Nuggets plus six, plus 195 on the money line. Again, if you're going to bet the Nuggets, I would wait just another... I, you know what? You might want to bet it on the morning of the game, just so we know what's going on with Steph Curry. I don't know if this line moves higher than six. I don't think it goes to five and a half. I think if anything, again, it goes to six and a half. 223 and a half is the total two, just moving down a notch from 224. A couple of specials out there. If you want to bet the Nuggets to win the series, most books have it right at about 190 plus 210. Well, Bet Rivers has boosted the Nuggets to win the series against the Warriors from plus 190 to plus 215. So it's a nice little boost there. Plus 215 if you are betting the Nuggets to win the series. Go to Bet Rivers and get that one. There's two more. There's one more special and then two more bets I want to talk about. So the bet here, Jokic points, rebounds, and assists. PRA at 51 and a half. Minus 113 on both sides. If you'll remember, we were betting this in the low to mid 40s early in the city, uh, in the series, or in the season, I should say, excuse me, in the season. And now it's just up to 51 and a half. And I know that Jokic has to do a ton. Okay. I know Jokic has to do a ton, but is he going to do enough to get 51 and a half? I guess game one, I'm going to sit back and watch this. But I like that Bet Rivers is offering this bet. The bet that I like, here's the one I'm taking. Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, his points prop was a little bit low. Thought it was uh, surprising. I thought they'd set this thing at about 18 and a half. I see it at 
16 and a half minus 113 on bet rivers listen gordon has been more assertive lately a few weeks ago obviously had the big sat sit down well maybe not obviously but had the big sit down with michael malone and michael malone said listen dude we need you to score more we don't have enough scoring options here so what has he done he's been more assertive and he has gone over 17 points or 16 and a half points in seven of his last eight games so this is not just hopping on saying oh why you know he's been scoring a lot these last eight games why is he doing it well the reason why he's doing it is because he's been asked to do more and I ran this past Duvalier Johnson, who's going to join us uh, just a little bit. I actually taped him before the show started. And he said, you know what? You're right. You're right. This is what happened. So my official play for the Nuggets, Aaron Gordon over 16 and a half points at minus 113 on Bet Rivers. So that'll be the first bet that I put down on this Nuggets Warriors game one. Gordon over 16 and a half minus 113 in the points column. Jamal Murray still doubtful. Highly doubt we're going to see him this year, even if they get past round one. It just seems like it's a mental issue, not a physical issue. And, you know, physical issue, that'll keep you out. You can play through a lot of pain, but if your mind isn't right, then your mind isn't right. And, and I just can't see Jamal magically making this comeback here. Steph Curry, what's his status? Well, let's just listen to Nikola Jokic. Here's what <laughs> Jokic had to say yesterday. He goes, He's going to play for sure. Yeah, he's going to play for sure. He is. And again, I think that's another reason why this number has moved from four and a half to six. It's baked in. Everybody knows Curry's going to play. We got video out there now. He's shooting half court shots. Steph Curry's playing. Now, is it official that he's going to game one? No. I'm going under the assumption that he is playing in game one. If you're capping, you got to take a stand there at least this early in the week. The other thing that I think is great from this how about the Joker saying he doesn't know where his MVP trophy is? And I actually believe him. Could you imagine that? I'm sure LeBron James probably has this gigantic trophy case. You know, Michael Jordan does. But Giannis has his MVPs out there. Joker's like, yeah, somewhere in Denver. I don't know where it was. It wasn't a big deal to me. I, ultimately, I think it's a big deal. Though, when he gets the MVP, when he gets named the MVP, don't tell me that isn't nice for the ego. We're going to learn sometime after the season ends that he is the most valuable player. NBA playoff betting notes. I want to give these to you too, because I think these are important when we're looking at handicapping these playoff games. The unders were 43-46-2. So unders hit at a 48% clip in last year's playoff. Not a big, that was, come on. That doesn't show me too much. Unders though, profitable in five of the last seven seasons. Okay. So if you take out 2016, 2017, unders were 30, 48, and one. So they were just 38%. And that is interesting. You've got to hit 52.3% of your wagers to break even on minus 110 bets. Okay? On minus 110 bets. So the unders, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to look at. They went 269, 228, and 9. They hit it a 54% clip since those seven years. I think you got a little edge here if you want to bet the unders uh, as a whole. But make sure you dig into the game. Do your own research. And if you have a lean toward an under, maybe it does go under. We, we've seen it pretty, pretty popular here. Besides for that 16-17 season, you're getting, you're getting some money here. Um, also... You can back one of the top three seeds. Here's a fascinating trend I found. 
if you have a favorite that's upset in game one, top three seeds at home that lost the opening game of a best of seven are 28 and 16 against the spread in the following game. I am leaning hard toward taking the Nuggets in game one. I will bet that game live. I might get a little sprinkle here with six points, uh, taking the six points, and then maybe throwing the other three. It's 0.75 units, so it'd be a quarter unit on the Nuggets pregame, three quarters of a unit in the game, just so I could get the number in there. But if the Nuggets can win game one, then we're going to come back in game two, and if Steph Curry's healthy, we're, we're back in the Nuggets, or we're back in the Warriors against the spread. I think very few times am I going to look at a trend. Maybe this is more of a system, but Opening game of a best of seven, when a team loses game one and they're favored, they come back and win game two at a ridiculous clip of 28 and 16. That's since 2005. So again, best bet, Nuggets Warriors, game one, Aaron Gordon. We're going to go over 16 and a half points. Number two on the front range for the four biggest stories in sports on the front range. Hey, we hit our abs puck line bet yesterday. Also, Thank you to Mark Springer for coming on and giving us the uh, Rangers Avs parlay so we didn't have to hit the Avs on the money line. We could go with that too. That was last night. They had a 9-3 win over the Kings. The Avs are the best team in hockey. They are absolutely spectacular. Nathan McKinnon, hat trick, two assists. I mean, this guy, he's something else, man. This, this team is, is something else. This McKinnon is something else. Five points, hat trick, two assists. Abs are 53, 14, and six with nine games to play. They've won seven straight games, and here we go tonight. The back-to-back Devils coming to town. The Devils, Devils. You ever seen Seinfeld? Come on. If, if you're not old enough or you haven't seen Seinfeld, the Devils episode, it's amazing. Uh, Devils at the Abs, back end of a back-to-back. Here's the line on the puck line, Abs. Laying the point and a half or the goal and a half, laying a goal and a half minus 125. So they got to win by two or more goals, minus 125, minus 305 on the money line for the abs. We're not bothering with that. The total here has gone up from six and a half to seven. So a little money coming in on the over. Why is that? Well, the abs are averaging three and three quarters goals a game, 3.76 goals per game, third in the NHL. They've got a 10.7 shooting percentage, which means they shoot the puck a ton. They're fifth in power plays, uh, 25%. Defensively, they're seventh in saves percentage. They're fourth. They've killed 79% of shorthanded situations. So they're not great on the PK. They're average on the PK, but goaltending's been amazing. Kemper's been amazing. And uh, New Jersey's just allowing a lot of goals here. This should be a game where the Avalanche can pick up some goals. I mean, might want to look at their team total there, but I already got a bet in. Devils, mediocre offensively. They're awful on the power play. They've got a big injury. They're allowing 3.66 goals per game. I'm just spewing stats out here at you, but that's 28th in the league. Defensively, they are horrible. 886 saves percentage, worse than the league. They have killed off 80% of shorthanded situations on the power play or on the penalty kill, so they're mediocre there. But I think this is pretty easy for me today. I'm going to do a single-game parlay on Bet Rivers. Single-game parlay. I'm not betting the Avs money line at minus 305. So what I'm going to do is play the money line, plus we're going to get less a lesser total. We're going to go from 7 down to 5.5. 
Avs money line over five and a half goals minus 105. And this is game goals, not avalanche goals. Avs money line over five and a half goals in the game minus 105 on Bet Rivers. That is the official play right here. Let's move on now. We've got some baseball tonight. Front range four, third biggest story in sports on the front range. Rockies back in town. Boy, they've been good. Winning two or three at home against the Dodgers. Taking a pair in Texas. Coming home now. It'll be upper 50s, a little breezy. It won't be great baseball weather. I mean, here in Denver, to me, 52 degrees. I'd say 54 degrees and sunny with no wind in Denver is my best temperature. Like, that is the perfect temperature. 54 degrees, no wind. That, to me, would be perfect. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Chris Bryant facing his former team. Rockies minus 124 on the money line. That's not a bad price. And 11 and a half is the total. This thing went from 12 down to 11 and a half. So a little bit. This total's going down a little bit. And I want to get into the side too, which is interesting. Actually, now I'm seeing a money line at minus 120. So we've got Rockies money line at minus 120 now. Colorado, let's talk about the Rockies. 4.9 runs per game. Their pitchers have a 1.11 whip, which is walks and hits and innings pitched. And I explained that in detail yesterday. If you haven't, if you didn't hear it, go back to yesterday's show. And they are 10th in baseball and whip. The sharp money is coming in on the Cubs. Sharp money coming in on the Cubs in this game. This actually pushed the line from 140, minus 140 down to minus 120. And the total goes from 12 down to 11 and a half. And some shops have it at 11. So sharp money coming in on the Cubs side. Let's look at the pitching matchup. Kyle Freeland, five runs, five hits, two walks. I mean, he had command of his pitches. He just had issues against the Dodgers at Coors Field in his first start. Lasted just three and two-thirds, giving up those five runs. Justin Steele, the left-hander for the Cubs coming up here. He gave up 10 home runs in just 43 and two-thirds innings um, last year. So he's given up almost, what, two home runs per nine? Not good. This guy's going to give up some, some shots, some balls in the air. Cubs are also coming here after losing to Pittsburgh. They've got to fly out here. Uh, the one guy I'll tell you to watch out for, and he's a lot of fun, Seiya Suzuki. If you've not heard of this guy, you'll see him here at Coors Field. Comes over from Japan. He is a slugger, and he's a damn funny guy, too. Go look at some of the stuff on the internets about Seiya Suzuki. Funny dude. Here's my play, though. Let's go Rockies, minus 120 or better. Let's see if more money comes in from the Sharps. Okay, I don't think this is a square play. I think the Rockies are just playing really well. Connor Joe's hitting the ball. CJ Crone's hitting the ball. Chris Bryant's hitting the ball well. I mean, up and down, there's some dudes on this roster that are really getting it done. The great catch by Grichik the other night to save a three-run home run in which the Rockies beat the Rangers 4-1 to by three runs. It's a fun team right now. I'll just jump on a bandwagon. We'll take the money line on the Rockies at minus 120 or better. Number four on the front range four. And this is not a local story as much as just a baseball story. And I think a lot of people here are talking about it. So yesterday, Clayton Kershaw has a perfect game into the seventh, through the seventh inning, and he had thrown just 80 pitches. And in the olden days, 
Back in the olden days, uh, Clayton Kershaw would have probably finished that off in all likelihood. He probably would have finished that off, but not in today's game and not in today's age or Clayton Kershaw's age where he has so many ending innings under his belt. Dodgers went on to win that game seven to nothing. Okay. So, Oh, Dave Roberts, how do you take your pitcher out after 80 pitches? This is ridiculous. No, it's not. A is the way the game is played now. And you're trying to protect pitchers more than you did in the past. You're not running them out there for 350 pitches a game. Okay. It's just (laughs) even 120 pitches a game. You're not seeing it. Clayton Kershaw is not a young guy anymore. He has tons of innings under his belt. Tons. I mean, you think about the amount of innings this guy has had. He's been on so many winners. He's pitched so many innings in the playoffs, but he's sitting at 2,461 innings. I mean, he's going to creep up here on 3,000 innings. He's, that's a lot, guys and girls. That is a lot. And he's thrown another 189 in the playoffs. So you add almost 200 innings to the fact that he's already at 2,461. He's really thrown 20, about 26 150 innings. He's got a chronically bad back. He's 34 years old. He's missed a ton of starts over these past few years. I'm just going to go back to this again. Let me go look at the number of starts. When was the last time he made 30 starts? Back in 2015. The last time he had 29 starts or more. 2019. Last year he made just 22 starts. He was lucky in the in the COVID year because he only had to make 10 starts and they look great in the playoffs. So I'll say this again. I, it was the right move. It was the right move by Dave Roberts. You need Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs and in the world series. And you are not after a guy did not throw in spring training, really. And he had his first outing. You're not going to run him out there for another two innings. It's just not the right thing to do. I like the move by Dave Roberts. I know it's the second time he's done this. Not to Kershaw, but the second time he's lifted a pitcher that was going for a perfecto. And uh, again, uh, I'm fine with it. And the Dodgers fans should be fine with it. And the only people that should not be fine with it is uh, if you live bet Clayton Kershaw over 13 strikeouts, or if you were actually at the game and you wanted to see a perfect game. That's my thoughts on Kershaw. Duvalier Johnson, we call him Dev. He's going to give us the rundown of game one between the Nuggets and the Warriors. He's going to give us the rundown of the series between the Nuggets and the Warriors. By the way, boosted at Bet Rivers, plus 215. If you want the Nuggets, you want to take the Nuggets to win in an upset here. So everything Nuggets related from Duvalier Johnson next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Duvalier Johnson, he gave me the okay to call him Dev. I'm so excited about this too. Uh, let's talk some nuggets with him. Hello, Dev, DNVR. I know you guys got your big shows coming up here. We've got the Nuggets at the bar. You can always check out the Avs at the bar. This is going to be a fun run here. How are you today? 
doing good. I'm doing good. And also, I'm glad that you brought up um, Nuggets and Avalanche. Uh, for our playoff game, first playoff game, we have um, an Avalanche watch party as well as the, the first Denver Nuggets uh, playoff game. So that is going to be a wild one at the DMVR. I mean, it's pretty cool. You got Russell Wilson in town, so the Broncos should be really good. The Rockies are starting off 4-1. and one. Well, wait, I'll just enjoy it. I know it's only five games, but I'll enjoy it. Avalanche, best team in the NHL. And now we get to see what the Nuggets can do against the Warriors. So, uh, let me get your overall thoughts, bigger thoughts on the series. And I guess you have to take into account Steph Curry's status. Everybody seems like they think he's going to play. Your thoughts on Steph playing in the rest of the series? Of course he's going to play. He's an ultimate competitor. He's also um, just such a, a competitor and good player that he's going to be needed in that type of series. Um, best shooter of all time um, makes that team go, um, and they build around him. Um, as far as the series, um, I just like it because I think that both teams combat each other in just very different ways. I feel like when you have you know, Jokic, you have the best player in the world, um, down low against a team that really does not have that inside presence. Um, Draymond Green is um, one of the best defenders, and he's, I feel like he's a genius, a basketball genius. But he doesn't have the size to, to match um, Jokic, and that's also where he's separated himself. He does not care. He's going to go at you. Um, as far as the Warriors, they have guard play um, all over, and that's where Denver lacks. They have no point of attack defenders. Um, you know, it's going to be very difficult with Aaron Gordon trying to, um, trying to cross match and try to guard you know, maybe a Steph Curry, um, you know, a Clay Thompson. But they just have so many different ways that they can beat you. So I think that it's just going to be um, battle of the guards versus the big. Yeah, that's, that's how we're going to label this series then. <clears throat> so let's move into it here on the Jokic side first. And I'm just looking at it from a betting angle, 51 points, rebounds, and assists. So – to me, that's high. Like, during the regular season, I usually wouldn't go anything over 48 and a half. And when I look at Jokic here, he does have the size. He's actually had some really good games against Draymond and the Warriors in the past. My question, though, is are they going to let him be the facilitator that he was during the regular season? Or do you think they're, they're like, okay, you're going to get your points, you're going to get your rebounds, you're not getting everybody else involved, and that's how we're going to win the series. How do you think the Warriors attack Jokic? There's only one way to go at him in a serious, um, you know, type of deal, and that's to let everybody else beat you. You already know that Jokic can beat you, and he can beat you by himself. So if you just um, sell out to try to get him to, you know, find the open man and just rely on their jump shooters uh, to try to make shots, that's where you can beat the Nuggets, and that's where they took their losses. Um, I feel like they're going to send a lot of double teams. You have – um, Draymond Green being able to just be that that help side defender for an entire series, and he's just like such a cerebral player that that's going to be like a very difficult cat and mouse game for Jokic because he can set you up. He's really mobile, um, smart, um, strong. Um, so I think that they are going to force the ball out of Jokic's hands and try to make uh, a guy like Monte Morris knock down shots. Um, there's just going to be so many different ways that they can try to slow you down. And I think double team will be the way. So it's going to be on Jokic to just get the ball out of his hands and hope that other guys are knocking down shots. So the next guy would be Aaron Gordon, just from the, if you could talk about it just from a pure basketball standpoint, but the points prop sitting here at 16 and a half, he's gone over that seven of eight. What changed about eight or nine games ago where he decided to be more assertive on the offensive side of the ball? 
I think conversations centered around you have to be the second guy. You know, there is no Jamal Murray. There is no Michael Porter Jr. You're going to have to step up and give Jokic some help. Um, you have other, you know, vets on the team. Um, in Will Barton, you have a, a guy in Monte Morris that is really a facilitator. Um, and then you have Jeff Green who just kind of fits in, um, just, you know, does the pieces. But none of those guys are scores. I think that they had to, like, let him know, like, hey, we, we brought you in to be a defender. Things change. Don't have um, those other stars. It has to be on you to actually do that. I think he's been a lot more assertive. Um, I think that he just looks as healthy as he's, he's been in a long time. And also just that mindset click of, okay, now I'm going to have to be the scorer. I'm going to help him in different ways. and It's been working. So we're all sick of, hey, is Jamal Murray going to play or not? Because it doesn't look like he's going to play. He's quote-unquote doubtful. You tell me, if in this playoffs, let's say they make a deep run, what are the chances we actually see Murray, or should we just not even worry about it at this point? I think if they make a deep run and make it to the second round of the playoffs, I think that that puts a little bit more pressure on him to just feel like he should play. Um, As, you know, Tim Connolly just finally came out and said, it is ultimately up to Jamal Murray on if he wants to play. We know that he's been cleared for just a a couple of weeks um, when they send him down to the G League. Um, we know that he's, you know, working out before games. So, like, these are things that we can actually see. Um, it's not speculation. Um, he looks really well in workouts. He's dunking. You know, he's putting out these Instagram, like, videos and things like that of him looking back. But it's still a mental aspect for him. It's like, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin. So, I think that if you buy him some more time um, and you get him motivated in different ways, I think that he would um, be willing to, to make that decision or at least come back. And I think that he would. Deb, I had Harrison Wind on the other day. We talked about the playoff rotation here. Do you think Malone would go 10 deep? Is it a solid nine, uh, nine-man rotation, maybe 10 if Forbes gets some run? How do you see, after the starters, the bench playing out? Yeah, I think that is going to be like a, a solid nine-man rotation. I think with, uh, with players like Steph Curry and, and also like Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, I think they actually make you want to push it out a little bit more so maybe giving it to a 10th uh, spot, you know, not having Davon Reed does change a little bit things because I think that they wanted to, to actually put him in a type of series where he can um, make that impact. But I just think having to chase guards like that, it forces you to give them different looks. You don't want Steph Curry to key in on one guy or to just get so many different looks that he's like, okay, I finally cracked this because they're just – they're so good at, at the game of basketball that they just are going to find it in different ways. So trying to give them – another defender, maybe big, big guard, maybe physical guards, maybe a small guard, like just different ways. So I do think that Malone enforces Malone to play guys um, that he doesn't typically have to play um, as much. Um, like maybe say uh, Austin Rivers, or you give him, you know, a couple of minutes of, of Faku Compazzo, um, just different ways that you have to, to implement those guys that essentially would not play in different series. Yeah, let's talk about the Warriors for a sec here. Curry Thompson, Green Looney Wiggins. I mean, Jordan Poole is a revelation. These guys can shoot the three big time. Uh, We know that. What about the rest of the offensive game besides for shooting the three ball? And are they where they need to be defensively? It seemed like they took a little dip at the end of the year. Just give us some thoughts on the Warriors. Yeah, I think that they get the key in on Jokic. So, like, they will be prepared and ready in in that circumstance. But also – they're just a, a team that plays together. There's so much cohesion on that team. They have so much chemistry. They rotate the ball until they get the shot that they want. 
Um, they're not just out there just gunning or a lot of ice of all that you see in different ways. They, they're going to make the extra passes and they're willing to um, have a guy go off for 30, 40 points and they're okay with it. They don't have a star that they have to essentially go through. Curry is as good of a passer as he is, you know, a ball handler. He's as good as a ball handler as he is in any other way. So like having those type of guys and Draymond Green doesn't care. He'll get 15 assists, 10 rebounds and two points and he's okay with that. So I think that they just have the, the, the mindset set that we're just going to do anything that we can to win. Um, and we're going to try to take away your best assets and your best, uh, your strength. How do you see game one going? This is usually, this is just watching basketball for so long. And maybe it's, it's cliche at this point, but the dog usually has the, the, the game one advantage here, go in, take that first game and try and change the series. Do you see this happening with the Nuggets in game one with the Warriors? I do, especially with, uh, you know, so much uncertainty around Steph Curry. And then also, do you push him to, um, you know, playing extra minutes? Do you give him his same allotment of minutes because he has not played in quite some time? Um, you still have Klay Thompson, who is, he looks healthy. But, you know, maybe there's other things that are happening. Um, they, they're going through their own um, set of injuries and, and questions that they have to do, as well as just I feel like in any series, it's that fill them out period um, where you're trying to see um, how you could adjust, what adjustments you have to make, um, different rotations, and just trying to see uh, what it is. I feel like the Nuggets don't care. Like, they've been doubted. Um, they're, they're the underdog team. They're, they're really good on the road, uh, a lot better than they are at home. And they also have the best player in basketball. And I think that that does a lot for a team. So while one team has, you know, a lot of questions, I feel like one team has, this is who they've been all year and they're going to attack you in that same way. So I do feel like the Nuggets, you know, will keep it close. They will have a chance to win the game. They are going to apply some pressure on um, the Warriors and make them have to address the game too. So then the series. So game one, yeah, they can go in. You and I both expect Steph Curry to play as the series goes on. Maybe he gets an even better. I mean, what are the legit shot that the Nuggets actually get through the first round in your estimation? I don't go in and say I think that the Nuggets are going to win. Um, I, I do, you know, know what type of team that Warriors team is and respect everything that they have. But at the same time, you have to go with the idea that Jokic is the best player in basketball. They have no answer for him. Um, the team, you know, they're – and I wouldn't even call it overachieving. The team really – they know what they are. They, they are who they are, um, and they're okay with that. Um, they, they have a really good coach. They have really good assets on the team. Um, and the bench unit is where the, the difference is going to be. So it, it all depends on if a guy like Bones Highlands can come over and, and make a change. If DeMarcus Cousins brings that um, veteran presence and pedigree to that team. So I do feel like this is going to be a, a series that Warriors are going to get better in as time uh, progresses. So it's on the, the, the Nuggets to actually try to go in and steal the first two games. And then I really do feel like they do have a chance. Um, I'll say Warriors in seven. Ooh, I think I'm with you. I think if the Nuggets end up winning this series, it's got to be in six. Uh, Warriors six or seven could be a deal. I, th I do think it's a deep series, though. I'm hearing a lot of Warriors in five, Warriors in five. And I just think there's too much fight in this team. They've got the best player in the league still, even though Steph is going to be out there. And then the other thing would be, um, I, I just think series adjustments. Now, Michael Malone has not had as much uh, experience as Steve Kerr has had, but 
I think Steve Kerr gets a little too much credit uh, as a head coach. And I think Michael Malone doesn't get enough head co- uh, credit as a head coach. I don't know what you think about that, but I don't think there's a massive advantage here with Kerr over Malone. Yeah, I don't uh, either. And I really do feel like uh, there should be a lot more attention on Malone. He's taken a team that was, um, you know, bottom dwellers in that, in that Western Conference, a team that has so many issues um, off the court as they did on the court when they had, the, you know, the Brian Shaw era. Um, took that team and really revamped them, changed them around. They've, you know, progressed every single year that he's been a coach. Um, they've hit their over on wins um, every single year. And then just to put it into to perspective, um, this year, they were a 47-and-a-half uh, win team, and that was with, uh, you know, odd makers believing that they were going to have Jamal Murray, believing that they were going to have Michael Porter Jr. for the entire year, and they still go ahead and, and win, you know, the, the over in those games. That's because they have a coach that really does understand what he has in a team, and he's getting the best out of his guys. Um, no other team is going to go into a series um, like last year um, and have and win a series with the Faku, um, Austin Rivers, who was on the couch just, you know, a month before that. Mm-hmm. Um, that just, that matters. You have Jeff Green starting in a playoff series. That, that matters. And, and he's 30, what, 35 years old? So that's coaching. And you really have to, to, to you know, give the credit to culture. Yeah. Listen, we just came off of March Madness where it's all one and dones. We got a couple play-in games here with one and dones. And now we get the NBA. It's seven games, man. It's just a completely different game, isn't it? And, and I go back to this all the time. It's about adjustments. You just see so many, they're different games every single game most of the time, aren't they? Because these coaches are playing a chess match. Yeah, every single game matters. And I really do love meaningful basketball. Mm-hmm. This is where you see the type of coach that you have. This is where you see um, guys have to make adjustments. Um, you know, try to read what the defense is giving you. Every single possession matters. Um, you have a matchup. So you're not going into, you know, getting on a plane and, and, and looking at a series like you're Austin Rivers or looking at a week and saying, I have to guard LeBron this week or this day. I have DeMar DeRozan um, the next day. Then the next day I have a shifty guard in John Morant. Like you actually have a, a, a lineup. You have an a, a actual defensive assignment you could actually key in on. And their job is to try to combat that. They're going to be counterattacks. There's going to be, um, you know, big plays that happen, and you have to go through that. You have the crowd. Um, there's just a lot of different um, variables, and I think that's what makes it so beautiful. Yep, I'm with you, Deb. So if, I'm, if I heard you correctly, Warriors in seven and Nuggets in game one. And obviously in a seven-game series, that could turn to the Nuggets pretty, pretty quickly, right? Yeah, and it hurts my heart, to, you know, to say it. But it's also right. – this is a team that really has been um, battle-tested. If you get the Nuggets in seven games, as we all know, they will, they will win that game seven. So if the Nuggets get it to game seven, it really can go either way. So Warriors do have to try to win that in six because, you know, the Nuggets have been down. They've had two, um, three, one comebacks. You don't see those type of things. They are um, a team that can mentally get into that because they've been there before. So, Warriors better try to win it in six because if they get it in seven, it can go either way. And you really might have to push towards Nuggets. Ooh. Dev, plug all the stuff. Your, your online, uh, social media, it, how they can check out your shows, how they can go watch the games with you. What do you got going on? Yep, DMVR Nuggets um, on YouTube, um, also on the podcast apps. Um, you know, we're the number one Nuggets podcast in the world. Really good team. And Adam Mares, uh, Brennan Bolt, uh, Eric Weedham. Um, um, Harrison Wynn, really, really good team um, that we have over there. 
um, Devalier Johnson uh, on Twitter. Um, and we're doing really good. Um, and I feel like this is the year. This is the year. And if it's not this year, it's going to be next year. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, we'll also have the abs to, to roll on with too. So that'll be a fun run. But Deb, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Listen, we've already talked about three of the four local teams. We might as well wrap things up with the Broncos and a little AFC West report next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Let's wrap up the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers with a little AFC West report. Thanks again to Duvalier Johnson for jumping on the program, talking some Nuggets Warriors with me. But AFC West report, we talk about uh, every team in the AFC West. Today, we'll just talk about two teams. One will be the Broncos, and then the other one will be the Raiders. We'll start with the Broncos. The NFL draft, April 28th. So we're just a couple of, what is that, two weeks from today? Whoa! Broncos' first pick will be on Friday then, so 15 days from today. And here's what they got. They got pick number 64 from the Rams, so that's the second round pick. That'll be toward the back. That's the last pick in the second round. Uh, third round, they got 75. So 64, 75, 96. Three picks in the top 100 from 64 to 96. So they're really not in bad shape there at all. So a second, two-thirds, two-fourths, a fifth, sixth, and seventh. Let's see what they could do here in the draft to address their weaknesses. And here's some of the weaknesses that I'm looking at on the roster. I talked about this last week, but I want to revisit it again. Because in the second round, and even one of those two third-round picks, they might be able to find a starter here or definitely some depth that's going to help them big time in 2022. So I came up with holes at the running back 2-3 spot. Javante, Mike Boone, who I'm a huge Mike Boone fan. I just think he runs violently. He does uh, a lot of things well. He blocks well, catches passes. doesn't do anything great. But he does things well, and I think he's a capable backup for Javante. I wouldn't mind seeing a young guy, though, on this roster, too, uh, someone that could handle those backup and third-down roles. I also think they need a tight end. Now, you've got Albert O. Oh, boy, Kunam. But they added Eric Tomlinson free agency. They've got a blocking tight end. I wouldn't mind seeing a hybrid, a hybrid tight end. What if Tomlinson goes – or what if uh, Albert O goes down? Then what's your option at – tight end i don't think it's tomlinson in the passing game and russell has shown a propensity for looking for his tight ends on third down and in the red zone as well so i think more than a hybrid i would say more of a passing or a catching tight end a pass catching tight end for denver that's something i'd like to see uh broncos another receiver Mm, like i said i wouldn't mind seeing it a young wide receiver develop him long term but they are pretty set at the receiving position I think inside linebacker is another position. Inside linebacker and a pair of uh, cornerbacks. So what do they got? Josie Jules back. Got to hope he stays healthy. Uh, Stranad and uh, Barrington Wade. And then the other inside linebackers would be Griffith and Singleton. So, yeah, I, I could see them adding another 
inside linebacker, cornerback, and then, I, listen, let, let me just get to the two positions where I think they're great. Safety. The safety room is ridiculous. With Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, Caden Stearns, etc. Cornerback, you've got Sertan, the number one cornerback in the National Football League by the end of the season. I truly believe that. And you're going to need it. There's no Tyreek anymore, but there's still Devontae Adams. Uh, there's still Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. There's still some big-time receiving options in this division. I don't think Sertan and Kelsey are going to see that much of each other. But uh, cornerback, yeah, because we're sitting, what, maybe five right now? So you'll have Quan Williams in the slot. Bassey will be his backup. Yeah, I think you need another maybe two cornerbacks in the draft. And that, to me, or maybe just someone off the street, too, in free agency, but there's the holes to me. Two corners, an inside linebacker, pass-catching tight end, running back, and that's about it. I mean, they've done a great job. Oh, also punt returner. Deontay Spencer is uh, is not coming back. And I think I, I'm really looking forward to that, too. New coach at special teams, maybe new returner at special teams. I'm excited about it. Uh, AFC West report. Let's continue and wrap things up with the Raiders. The Raiders just extended the fourth best quarterback in the division. But now he has the best wide receiver in the division. So that's really good. But this is not a guy to me that's going to put you over the top. If you're going to win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr, you're going to need an elite defense and an elite running game. I don't see them having an elite running game with Jacobs and Drake. We'll see what they do offensive line-wise. But Derek Carr is a good quarterback. But 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions last season. I mean, what is he doing here? He's not a guy. I don't even think he threw for three touchdowns in a game. If he did, he didn't do it more than once. He's not anything more than a middle-of-the-road quarterback, which in the National Football League, there aren't even that many of those guys. I mean, how many legit starters in the league are there? 18? And then, and then you go past 18, it gets really flimsy. Maybe there's 15 quarterbacks that could win a Super Bowl if the situation is right. You know, Russell Wilson doesn't need as good of a situation as Derek Carr. And I think he's in a better situation, by the way. Uh, Justin Herbert probably doesn't need as much help as Derek Carr is going to need. They got him help, though. They got Devontae Adams. They got Darren Waller back. So they think that giving $40 million a year over three years to, to Carr was the right move. I'll just say this. The average value, $41.5 million, makes him the fourth highest paid quarterback annually in the league. But I think the other option was they don't sign him. And there's still not many average QBs to go around. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make explosive plays. He just is. He's a good quarterback in a division with the best quarterback in the NFL in Pat Mahomes with Russell Wilson, who I think still has the ceiling to be a top three or four quarterback in this league, still has the offense or has an offense that's finally tailored around his skill set for the first time ever. So in the next two years, we're just going to see a monster season out of Russell Wilson. He's going to be in the mix for MVPs too. And then there's Justin Herbert. You might want to admit it, not want to admit it, if you're a Broncos fan, this guy is, he has the chance to be the best quarterback in the league. He finished his rookie year, the all-time leader in passing touchdowns, total touchdowns, and completions. 
He had the most games with 300 pass, uh, plus passing yards, three plus touching passes, touchdown passes of any rookie ever in a single season. No quarterback has had a better two seasons to start his career. 9,300 passing yards, 69 touchdowns passing, 17 of his games with 300 plus passing yards. They're all records for quarterbacks in his first two years. So there's going to be an argument at the end of this season, I think. You're going to have, who's the best quarterback in the league? Who's the best quarterback in the division? Is it still Mahomes? We're going to find out what Mahomes has without Tyreek. He's had Tyreek there. Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Justin Herbert? It's definitely not Derek Carr. I'll tell you that much. So, again, I think the Raiders are just going to have to run. They're going to have to play defense to beat the three teams with high-octane offenses. Unless Devontae Adams turns Carr into a more explosive passer, but that would take a real yeoman's effort. Carr is still the fourth-best quarterback in the division. The Raiders' defense isn't as good as the Broncos is. Probably the Chargers, too. It's a move that had to be done, but it's also a move that doesn't really guarantee uh, too much more than mediocrity or slightly above average. That's my show today. Thanks to Dev Johnson for hopping on, talking some nuggets. Again, a lot of plays on the board today. Aaron Gordon, over 16 and a half points, minus 113 on Bet Rivers. Tonight, single game parlay on Bet Rivers. Abs money line and the over five and a half goals. You'll get minus 105, almost even money on that one. Then we're going to take the Rockies money line at minus 120 or better. There's money coming in on the Cubs. Maybe that should tell me, hey, you should be back in the Cubs. I'm not back in the Cubs. I like the Rockies today. I think uh, Freeland bounces back. Thanks to Steven, our producer, for uh, producing the show. And then, of course, tomorrow, tons more NBA. Spread a stare. Run pure bets. Going to break down all the NBA series, especially the Nuggets and the Warriors. My buddy Nate Kreckman hops on as well. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.